Welcome to Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully. I am your host, Dolores Alfieri Taranto. And on this show, we talk spirituality for the rest of us with a focus on the art of beautifying all facets of your life using heritage, culture, beauty by hand, and ancestral traditions to do so. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode three of season three. That must be some kind of lucky number. And we have a wonderful guest today, Melissa Muller, author of Sicily. And as I've been saying on Instagram, when I post about Melissa or the book, or we, we recently did a big giveaway to, to uh, celebrate the launch of season three. We gave away a signed copy of her book. As I keep mentioning, Sicily is way more than a cookbook. It is a compendium, a resource of tradition and old world ways. So much more on that to come. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. We were upstate this weekend. We took some time to go to the farm and pick some strawberries, which was a really lovely way to spend the day. And then I have been spending the remainder of this week knee-deep in strawberries and finding various ways to use them up. And uh, I have been successful. We have no more strawberries. Yesterday, I posted a photo of a cake I made called um, Pan di Spagna also called an Italian sponge cake. I used some flowers from the garden to decorate it. So it was a really fun summery project. You can head over to my IG, Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto to check that out. Also on IG this past week, season three sponsor, House of Tokemon. And I had a really fun time doing a rug giveaway. People were so excited because obviously, hello, free vintage rug. You would be insane to not be excited. So I want to thank all of you who entered and uh, who were so enthusiastic and, and excited to be a part of this. It really felt like a big community of vintage lovers just being so pumped about the collaboration between Annabelle Alsup and I, the the owner of House of Tokemon, and the way, you know, our two brands and our two outlooks go so well together. And of course, that is why House of Tokemon is a sponsor. As you guys know, I don't just have random sponsors on the show. I have select sponsors, and they really do have to align with the vision of this show and the vision of my platform and nobody does that better than House of Tokemon which sources handwoven vintage rugs made from clean natural materials in an old world style and brings them to all of us so that we can swap out our big box store rugs which as we're all learning are toxic and not good for our families and instead have these gorgeous rugs that are made by women and have stood the test of time because let's be honest we all know they do not make things like they used to annabelle is generous and she is offering bella figura listeners 25 percent off any rug which is a really wonderful discount you guys head over to hot rugs 
check out what Annabelle has in stock. Another thing I recommend you do is following her over on Instagram at House of Tokumen. That's T-O-C-U-M-E-N because she is really active in her stories and she'll teach you about vintage rugs. She'll teach you why they're important. She'll teach you what to look for. So even if you're not buying them from her, but of course you should, she'll give you tips for when you're out and about at a flea market or at an antique store and what to look for to find the authentic real deal thing. These are gorgeous, durable rugs and they align with your values your approach, your old world style and outlook. Again, the code is Bella25 for 25% off any rug. And I will link to Annabelle's website in the show notes below. Definitely check it out. Also, my friends, a reminder that the tradition of living beautifully is now over on Substack. It's basically more of this uh, in a in a written form, in video form, and uh, even audio. Last week, we published a an exclusive interview between myself and Mallory Vaudois, author of Honoring Your Ancestors. I put a clip up on Instagram. People were freaking out. <laughs> it really is the kind of content that is a little bit difficult to find these days. A big shout out to Lee Ann Hartley, who recently joined Substack at the founding patron level. This is a very generous level to join at, and it really shows me that my work means a lot to you. Leanne, thank you so much for letting me know how much the platform means to you. It really goes straight to my heart, and I am very grateful. Paid subscribers get the kind of exclusive content like a conversation between Mallory and I about how to honor your ancestors, ways to do that, approaches, and meanings, and just more in-depth stuff. You can click the link in the show notes. You can also find me by just heading over to Substack or even actually just searching DoloresToronto.substack.com. And now for the main event, I'm going to introduce you to my amazing guest, Melissa Muller. From a young age, Melissa Muller spent her summers in the Sicilian village of Santana, where her grandmother was born. She received a master's in journalism from Columbia University and a diploma from the International Culinary Center. Muller has helmed three acclaimed Sicilian restaurants in New York City and has been featured in the New York Times, Savoir, and La Repubblica, as well as on the Food Network, Martha Stewart Radio, and Mike Colemico's Real Food. She now lives on a farm with organic gardens and orchards in the remote countryside in the heart of Sicily. Melissa actually joined me for a lot of this interview with her husband, Fabio. So there'll be a little bit of him speaking as well. The orchards and gardens are, as you'll hear, they're actually Fabio's ancestral uh, land. So they're, they're working land that has been in his family for generations. It's a very beautiful story. You're going to love this episode. Let's jump on in. Okay, I am here with Melissa and her husband, Fabio. Welcome, both of you, to Bella Figura. Thank you, Dolores. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, So we had initially booked Melissa coming on, but I have the pleasure. We were just talking for a long time, (laughs) 10, 15 minutes before we hit record. And Fabio, they're in their office right now in Palermo, so I told him 
to have a seat. And if he wants to join us for a little bit before he maybe hops off to do some other things, but you know, we're going to Melissa's English is, is better. So she's going to take the wheel, <laughs> but Fabio's going to jump in here and there, wherever he, he feels, he feels is the right place. So Melissa, yeah, let's start, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Melissa, let's start. Tell me, I'd like to begin by asking people to tell me a little bit about their roots and the people that they come from. Well, um, I was born in New York, uh, in Suffern, New York, and um, <laughs> and 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 grew up um, grew up between there and uh, later in uh, northern New Jersey. But uh, where my roots are and have always been are in Sicily. From uh, from the age of two, we uh, start. My family started traveling to Sicily every summer to the town where my grandmother was born, which is a very small village in the on the southern coast of Sicily, where population is about 300 uh, people. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's very, very small. Um, and I felt so connected and rooted uh, from, the, from a young age uh, to Sicily, so much so that um, all year long, I would wait for the summers to come so that we could travel back. Um, at a certain age, maybe about five or six years old, I hid my passport because I understood that with that passport, I had to travel back. So I, <laughs> I hid it from my parents so that I would not have to travel back. For me, it was seriously a trauma. And, and as the years went on, it just got worse and worse. This feeling of, I mean, if, how can I explain? Being on the plane, leaving Palermo, heading back to New York, and I felt like a tree that was being violently uprooted from its land, and it's just being pulled out of the out of its where it was so rooted. So basically, everything about me became trying to recreate Sicily in my environment. From a young age, I started cooking at my grandmother's side a lot, and and also on my own. But I started cooking so that our house in, in New Jersey would smell like the smells and the scents of Sicily. Um, so my love of the kitchen started there. Uh, and then as I grew older, um, my, my father wanted me to work in his law office and did uh, as an only child wanted that so much. And, and when I studied, he, he thought that my, my undergrad degree would be a pre, would end up being pre-law and then I would go to law school, but it just really wasn't my, my destiny. Uh, it wasn't where my heart was. And I studied anthropology and I, I basically looked at Sicily in, its in the Mediterranean context. So everything about how I could understand better this land where I felt so connected. Um, later, I opened up a, um, uh, a Sicilian restaurant in, uh, in Manhattan as, as what I call a sort of, sort of a laboratory, a way that I could experiment all of my, uh, not just recipes, it was more my, my way of representing culturally Sicily to New Yorkers, as much as there's so many uh, Sicilian restaurants or Sicilian owned restaurants, but I didn't feel there was a space that was actually representing what the island was mm. um, and what Sicilian culture is. Um, it just, it, it disturbed me. So I, I, I took that route. At the same time, I also stayed within the university realm, um, continuing my studies. Uh, and uh, I basically had both, both worlds, Columbia University and a restaurant in, uh, in Manhattan. And then came a day that um, I was, um, uh, uh, had the fortune of being uh, asked to write a book about uh, about Sicily, and I say fortune because that meant that now I had an excuse to travel to Sicily at least every 
month, every two months. And uh, uh, rather than being just one time a year, I had an excuse because it was what I called work. I had to had to go and I had to leave my <laughs> leave all. Oh, Ameri- I how American. Doing. I mean, that's so American, I needed this right? excuse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. I get that. So uh, I couldn't be on vacation and I had to, I made sure that I filled every day with so many different interviews so that I, even myself, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was doing something uh, for pleasure. I yeah. was working right on the <laughs> researching. Right. And uh, that's what I did for about uh, almost seven years. It's just back and forth researching. Uh, and that's where Fabio and I, uh, that's how we, we met each other about eight that's years how you ago. Met. Now, and That's fa- how we met. Fabio, I'm assuming you're born and raised in Sicily. Yes, yes, I was born in Palermo. In Palermo. And then when did your family move to, or when did your family start the farm and the winery? My grandfather bought the family at the end of the last, of the 18th, 18th. century. Mm. It was the, the period in which the Borghesia, uh, was uh, buying the big estate from aristocracia and so it's uh, one century and more that my family live uh, there and we grow uh, uh, grapes for the wines and then we grow to the durum wheat for the pasta Mm. and then we grow uh, other things like like olive oil uh, lentils lentils chickpeas everything is uh, inorganic (laughs) and uh, we love we love the land we love uh, our history and now i am very lucky Uh, and, and never i could imagine that from usa could arrive a uh, big, big roots, a big uh, uh, companion, of, companion, companion of life. Uh, so for me, it was uh, very uh, an amazing uh, uh, and beautiful um, synchroni- synchroni- synchronicity. synchronicity of the life. Right. Yes. <laughs> no, it is. It's a beautiful story. And that's a really long time to have that. I mean, it's very historical. It's so rooted in history. That's, that's amazing. I hadn't realized that. I mean, there must be so much of that feeling on the farm. Yeah. Well, um, the, the farm is really an amazing place because uh, the, on the land itself, there's a prehistoric ruins. So there's uh, caves that date back to the Sicans who were uh, indigenous uh, um, Sicilians before the Greeks arrived on the island. Um, so there's two two very major caves. I mean, you could see one that they lived in, and another one that has it's called a tolos, where there's a hole on top of it that was um, used for uh, keeping fire inside of it, so that they to, to, to keep to keep warm inside inside the cave. Uh, and then there's also a um, a clock, a solstice marker which is just fascinating to see. So in the spring, the sun comes through it and marks when the time was for the correct time for seeding. Wow. Uh, and, and then uh, the, the winery itself was uh, founded in 1469 by an aristocratic, uh, aristocratic uh, Aragonese family, the Abatelis family, who were very well established in Sicily. And it passed hands throughout different aristocratic families before Fabio's grandfather purchased the, purchased the land and the winery um, at, the, uh, at the end of the uh, 1800s. But there's definitely a lot of history. Uh, I'm speechless. Uh, 
Did you know the language when you were little and you were hiding your passport? Well, uh, I started speaking the, the dialect of the town. Okay. And my mother, my mother was born in Queens and she grew up speaking the dialect with her grandmother who didn't speak English. My mother speaks perfect Sicilian dialect. Um, and she realized that the dialect isn't really what I should be learning. So she asked all my cousins to speak to me in pure Italian rather than in dialect so that mm -hmm. I would, you know, not, not fall into her the same, the same issues that she had. Um, but yeah, I grew up speaking, speaking Italian. Okay. Uh, never, it was never offered at my high school. Uh, and uh, by the time I was at Columbia University and did a, a, a tested to see what level I would go in, it, it wasn't even available uh, at that mm, point uh, yeah. for me to, to for me to enter. So basically, uh, I've always spoken an Italian that was never completely studied, <laughs> completely uh, perfect, but living here so many years now. It's, sure, uh, sure. Now, here. especially I ask because there's so much about your story that I admire. I admire you having this complete conviction in the place, right? And this complete conviction in yourself that, that this is something you loved. And I admire you building this life. I mean, the way you describe even being here in New York, you were trying to like build Sicily here exactly. for yourself. Exactly. And then you thought, okay, enough of this. And then you go to Sicily and you create this whole life. And I was thinking when Fabio was saying how never could he have imagined someone like you arriving from America and, you know, him falling in love and you guys getting married. And I, the, the thing that went through my head was, well, you followed your passion. I mean, and it took you to this place. You're describing the winery and the farm and it's so ancient it's full of such history. And that is so, I, I was just thinking that is like, that is God bringing you Absolutely. where you belong. This is a place for you. Absolutely. What, what's funny is that when I was a child in my grandmother's village, there's this large mountain peak uh, at the top of the mountain, Delta Belota. And I always stared at it and said, there's something on the other side of it. There's, one day I'll go there, one day I'll get there, but I don't know what it is. And it turns out it's the land of Montoni where, oh, <laughs> where Fabio is. I just got chills. I, and when I, I arrived there, I mean, I, I did, I, me too. Just every time I think of it is that when I arrived there the first time and my mother was at my side when, um, when I did all of my travels around Sicily as a companion. So I wasn't traveling alone. And we come up and I, I really had no idea who Fabio was. I, I just knew that I wanted to visit the winery more for where it was positioned ge geographically and for the history I had read about the winery. And because I knew his wines very well from, uh, from, from the restaurant world, having mm. a, a restaurant, mm. a Sicilian restaurant, and I admired them so much. So I said, um, I wrote to Fabio the first time I wrote and he wrote back that he wasn't available. Uh, then uh, and then his he <laughs> has to work and then and then the importer wrote to him again and said you know there's someone a year later and he said I'm sorry I'm unavailable okay how funny and, and and then the third time finally I didn't even I didn't know he kept saying no to the importer but the third time that he's the importer said look she's a client she purchases wine <laughs> and Fabio said That's okay work. okay okay <laughs> That's work. I can do come. that. I must. And, and I arrived. And um, 
basically it was just from from the moment I got there I I fell in love with the land so much so that I just felt so pulled there I felt like after all these years of traveling around Sicily I had found a land where I found the truth of Sicily and the raw the rawness of the nature so I was very pulled to go back and I did I brought the book photographer I went back in a, for, for a documentary. I, I went back several times and then uh, it started to build up our friendship slowly, very little by little. Actually, what happened was we, um, Fabio and I had to, uh, there was a recipe of his, his mother's that I was putting in my book. So we started speaking for this recipe and it was what, once, once in a while for the recipe. Then it became once a month. I'm in New York City and he's in Sicily and then it became once a week and then it became every day and we began our, our love story over over the phone from the other side of the world yes, because I grew with the famous uh, proverb Sicilian proverb that uh, said moie boy de paesi tuoi that is uh, wife and cows only from your country and so <laughs> it was impossible for me Melissa <laughs> Yeah, but, but it, later, go ahead, please. Yeah. Later, I understood that she is, she was, a, she is more Sicilian than the Sicilian. That's what I was going to say, but she is from there, you know? Yes. It is, yeah. it is her, it is her home. This is, this is such an amazing story. And I, I say a lot on the show that I always feel like I have guests on right when I need them. Um, and I, I'm really in this place lately where I feel the weight of the choices I have not made, mm -hmm. to put it briefly. And I think that's why your conviction, I keep thinking of this word conviction, is so intriguing to me because I feel like my life has been so much this one of, I want to do this, but instead I do this. I, I have a passion for this. Instead, I end up doing this because I, I mean, if I'm trying to make people happy or I'm trying to make money or I'm doubting myself, you know, I'm, I'm just coming off four years where I worked for the governor of New York state. It's a job that, um, mm -hmm. many people would love to have. It's a, it's an envious position. You know how New York is, sure. right? It's you're supposed to be feeling like you're on top of your game. I never mm -hmm. wanted to be in politics. I am so the opposite of somebody who wants to be in politics. It's not even funny. How did that happen? You know, how did I end up in that position? And now here I am trying to kind of not start over, but go deeper into the things I've always loved doing and I kept putting mm -hmm. to the side for these other reasons and I so admire this streak you have that it seemed like nothing was going to stand in your way it, it was the separation between me and Sicily for so many years was wasn't simple I mean so much so imagine I was 13 years old and my Christmas present one year my, my parents uh, put under the tree a big box and I opened the big box and there was a smaller one inside, a smaller one, a smaller one until I got to a letter or an envelope, sorry. I opened the envelope and there were two tickets inside the envelope and they were 
to leave that same day, the same Christmas day with my father, the non-Sicilian, to show you how much they understood how much I was suffering, the, 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 wow. the sadness inside me to be on the other side of the world in Exodus, we could call it. And uh, he said, go pack your bags because we're leaving in three hours. And that was, that was my first trip in the winter. And, and then I remember just arriving to picking oranges with my cousins and then the feeling of being there in the, in the winter time, which was so different. But it, um, it made me realize at that moment that if you want something so much, mm. that if you just really, really desire it, that, uh, that, it, will, that it will come to you. Mm. But you have, to, you have to work for it. You have to, you, you, I think, I believe that God gives us what we want if we really knock on his door and show him how much we want that mm. him and, and yeah and I, I, I when agree. it was about returning to sit returning returning is really in the sense that I wasn't born here but I still think of it as a return because I think of my grandmother who left and how much she how much suffering she had for leaving and how much her whole life was about she loved being in America but at the same time everything was Sicily for her. So in, in a sense, it, I'm returning on her, I've returned on her behalf, mm. uh, the, the counter-immigration. Yes, but um, if I can say, nice. probably the key words is the suffering. The suffering, exactly. The suffering. This, you must suffer mm -hmm. to make big choose. Big, to, big decisions. Yeah. Big exactly. choices, yeah. Big choices. Yeah. You didn't stay well. No. In, in your soul no 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 you had everything a beautiful life beautiful family beautiful yeah. study beautiful work but mm -mm -mm. that it's the ticket i agree to 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 make big travel in the in um, virtual sense mm -hmm. <laughs> and for you was the journey to sicily sure it was the uh, but I never thought that would actually really happen. I just mm. lived my life, as you called it before, like creating this little corner of, of Sicily in New York. But to actually think that that I would move here permanently um, would have... Well, and build a family there. And... And build a family. Every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is thank God for this, this the blessing that he gave, he gave to me and to my family. And, and it's just... And now my mother has also, uh, since my father has passed away and I'm an only child, my mother uh, has moved here as well, too. Oh, that's so, so wonderful. Uh, so I'll you... come back to our roots. <laughs> yes. No. And, and there's so much in there. I know a lot of my listeners will really click with that. I think some of us have ancestors that were fine with leaving. My mother's one of them. My mother does not miss Italy. She never has. She just thinks of it as a place that really had nothing for her. Mm -hmm. And then she came here and, and everything was different and she loves it here. My father, who, who, who's also passed away, always missed Italy, mm. always. And I know so many people like that. I even know couples like that where, you know, the, the husband never wants to go back. The wife wants to go back. And it, it really, I guess, just tends to be, I don't know, your experience, your personality, but regardless of those things past that, right? If we're just looking at the history of our families and the story of our families, we have this sense here as Italian-Americans that, and it's not just Italian-Americans, it's so many people, it's people of 
German ancestry, Polish ancestry, my goodness, I mean, all these uh, descendants of Holocaust survivors, these people did not choose to leave their homes. Mm. And under very different circumstances, but what we underestimate here is people of Italian ancestry, we always say, oh, they chose, they wanted to leave for a better life. And it's this kind of vague, nebulous phrase, but really they also had no choice because they couldn't survive. Mm -hmm. And especially the big rush of immigration at the turn of the century, those were really people who could not eat. And exactly. And the Northern government, especially most of us are of Southern Italian ancestry and the Northern government had invaded the South and they were suffering under an occupation. It's, you know, we kind of put a bow around it now, but so. That's the truth. Exactly. And, And so you really are healing. You're healing that tear. My grandmother, before she passed away, was, was saying to me, she told me that uh, there was the fountain in the town, that uh, it was the only source of water when she was young. She immigrated mm. in the thir- 1936. Mm. And that, that fountain was, it smelled like rotten eggs. It smells mm. because it still runs today. And, uh, but that's where they got their water for drinking, for cooking, for making pasta, for washing, for everything. And uh, on the day that she left the town, she left on a donkey, her and her mother, her father was already in America waiting for her. And they, they went to a, a nearby train. Uh, and the last stop in the town was the fountain. And she stopped and, and had her last sip of water before oh. returning 50, 40 years later. And she said to me before passing away that if she knew that the water in America would, would not have been as sweet as the water from this smelly <laughs> fountain she said that day she would have drowned herself in the fountain and never left oh my gosh and, and when you hear that story from someone it was very poetic to hear from yes. someone who was tend to be also very simple in her way of explaining things but it was a deep a deep reflection that stayed with me and and really every day i i feel like I, in a small sense i'm honoring her uh her leaving by come by coming back Mm, that's that's and she knew you were she knew you were there she lived long enough to see you move back there or no 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 she didn't not oh that. wow she, okay <laughs> yeah but so she you're, sees me now I was just gonna say but she sees you now <laughs> it, it's amazing it, it it's really very is a very inspirational story I know there are a lot more people moving back there uh now I you know I follow several people on Instagram I know of people I Personally, as a fellow Italian American, I was also born in Suffer, New York. You and I grew up. Actually, we we realized just across the border from each other, and we're very close in age as well. Um, I had like a very different experience with Italy, in the sense that I loved when we went there. And I, I just wrote about this recently on Instagram. I remember the first time that I remember that I really took Italy in. And for me, I was, I was maybe like 10 or 12, I was getting older and I just, how different it was really hit me this trip. And, you know, the furniture is different and the floors are different and the Mm -hmm. cemetery is different and everything about it was just so 
like at the time I would have been like, it's cool. You know, it was so cool. It was so different and unique, but I, and I, looking back, I felt it, that it was mine, that, I, that it, something in it resonated with me, but I so admire this feeling you had that you belonged there because I think mm-hmm. I still really struggle with feeling like I, I am actually Italian. Just does that, I don't know if that makes even sense to you because you're so the opposite. <laughs> well, I grew up just, everything was that I'm Italian, even though I'm half German, I, I used to, uh, I, I used to play around with my, my German grandmother and speak to her in Italian and she would get all upset and uh, she said, please, I don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, but it was, to me, it was that I had to show everyone, everyone around me that I was Italian. And I, in a sense, more than my mother, who who didn't grow up live, spending her her summers there, her time there, she grew up in, a, in an Italian household, uh, Italian American household. But it, I think that it was it was different because I had this connection of of spending the the summers fully there, and that's you know it's all I spoke about in high school. Uh, one I was in the in the band, and one 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 year, so I think it was the last year of high school, the the band leader called my mother and said. Your daughter's very depressed and it was September so I had just come back of course from Sicily and my mother said no 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 it's okay it'll pass it'll pass it's just that she just came back now from Sicily and she's she misses it there so much and you know they said okay but it just didn't seem possible this this deep sadness and going back to what Fabio said earlier that that sadness stayed with me so it pushed me to be the, the history of the island, the culture of the island, the food of the island, it, it was what spurred me to do everything in life. So in a sense, there was, of course, a, a major positive side to it. But at the same time, that melancholy was so strong that I remember on my last visit, uh, last visit to Fail de Montoni during the, uh, during the book research, I just went off on my own and, and I started crying. I said, this is this land, I, I, I feel so pulled to be here especially Montoni, not just Sicily, now I'm speaking directly about the farm. And I had created my own relationship with the farm to such a degree that I felt so upset to leave. And uh, at that point, I said to Fabio, uh, do you think I can, I I figured if I made another excuse to come back, like maybe I would write an article about the harvest time or some, find an excuse to, to visit again. And I said, Fabio, can I come back for the harvest? And at that point he said, no. Um, and uh, I know that uh, uh, I mentioned this on the, the on our pod, our Italian American podcast, but it's it's not a, a joke when he says um, no, you can't come back if it's just for the harvest. It's not a, a what we a simple pickup line in that sense. It's it's a major reflection on life. Is that you can't understand what it means to harvest the fruits of the sincere, hard, sweat earned labor of a whole year. It was a gentle invitation yeah, to be with me, of course, <laughs> <laughs> for all the life. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You can't just come for that. You have to come and stay and be a whole part yeah. of this world. One yeah. harvest is, uh, is too much short. But, but the, all the harvest. to understand what it means, I mean, it's really 365 days a year of sure. living, of, of living off the land to understand what it means to harvest those grapes. So that's, it sounds so easy harvest the grapes you make the wine but there's so much behind it and and so many life lessons to be learned from the farm on a daily basis 
that you just can't sum it up in a harvest. Yeah. So he said, if you want to go for the harvest, you have to come the whole year. And I, and I did, did. I, I started going, but the first year I, I was going back and forth, <clears throat> back and forth every month uh, to New York. Of course, I still had restaurants and, and my life was so intertwined there. Um, but it became actually worse. The feeling of sadness it deepened even more inside me. It just was became really difficult because I felt like I had finally obtained not only finding the, the land within the island for, that I love so much, but the love of my life. And now I was traveling back and forth so much and it became even busier and more chaotic than before. And finally, at that one, uh, there came to a point after about a year of doing that, that, that we both. We must not forget that this malatia is in disease. disease it's uh, explained by a lot of uh, writer. Yeah. It's a sicilitudine. Sicilitudine. Mm, I've never heard that. See, it's like Malta Africa, like, Africa Hill. Uh, uh, the, like the um, uh, suffering for Africa, mm -hmm. they say Malta Africa. Mm -hmm. If you go, so, if you go to visit uh, the, the Africa, you are in the desert, you sleep in the desert, you have a beautiful moon, you never can uh, forget mm. and then you you come back always with your mind to this moon in the africa desert the same is the hill called the sicilitudine yeah. that is it's a it was brought by shasha, shasha. pirandello yeah. all the famous sicilian writer and <clears> everyone <throat> that is born in in sicily and and leaves and lives here has, uh, has that disease. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful disease. Well, I'll tell you, I've been to Sicily only once, but I went to a few few areas. We went to the Aeolian Islands and my husband's family left Alicudi mm -hmm. in, I guess, the 40s probably was when they came over, 30s or 40s actually. Mm -hmm. So we went to Alicudi, we went to Salina, we mm -hmm. went to Catania. And then we did spend about like a night in the port town there, which is Messina, if I'm remembering correctly, Messina. Yeah. And I think about Sicily all the time. Yeah. I mean, here, here I am my whole life going to, you know, Naples and I love Naples too. That's a whole other conversation, but going to Napoli and then the little areas below there, even Almalfi also, how can you mm -hmm. not love Almalfi? But I went to Sicily that one time and I, been talking to my husband I said you know I'm interviewing Melissa tomorrow Sicily author mm -hmm. and I said to him you know we just we have to go we have to go he just started a new job I said do you know how much vacation you have <laughs> he said I just started yeah he just started yesterday you said I just started yesterday I said we have to get back to Sicily and we have to go to her farm is there's I didn't I, we didn't go to Palermo you know there's so many but it does it's yeah. that's why John always says that you know he he jokes that I'm John Viola, the co-host of the Italian American podcast that I, he says, I'm sure you're Sicilian. <laughs> if I am, I don't know it, but, um, but it does, it catches your, it catches your heart. It is it a land of much beauty to say the least. Well, it's, it's interesting because now that I've lived here for eight years, um, I see the beauty even deeper than before. Mm. And at the same time, I see beyond the beauty. 
in the sense that when I wrote my first book, uh, and even up till recently, I felt the need to discuss only the beauty, so that mm. those who I would tell about the beauty of the island to, I would uh, maybe attract them to visit, to, to have to, to, for tourism here. And I still see that beauty even deeper, don't get me wrong. But there are also a few things that I feel that could improve for our, our children's lives sure, here. Sure. Uh, and and now I'm not afraid to talk about what those things are anymore. That's great. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it's it's interesting because it makes me in a sense, I it's my duty to be able to talk about what life is here. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, this or that maybe doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no place is no place is perfect. Right. I mean, there's no there's no. Uh, there's no heaven without hell, I guess, is, is another way to say it. You know, there's always Absolutely. two sure. aspects. I really just think in, in kind of wrapping up that thread, you seem to me someone very compelled by your ancestors. That's just what I feel when I talk to you and I look at you and I hear your story. You seem to me, I've always felt very connected as well, but you have this very real it's almost as like their spirits have come together inside of you and just like compelled your life in this direction. Definitely. And, but I feel, I, I feel a lot, also a large pull to, to Fab, Fabio's mm. ancestors mm. as well. Mm. Uh, and um, I feel so much uh, uh, the sacrifices of his grand, of his grandfather, of his father and, mm. and what it meant to keep this land. That's such an important important place in Sicily to keep it so uh so flourishing and what Fabio does as well so even uh, it's it's our families at large basically yeah, yeah it's not just it's not just my grandmother who was born here right no I I actually understand that well because now that we're talking about it my my husband's family is has the Sicilian roots mm -hmm. and I do feel I wonder if that is part of you know, as we're talking, I wonder if that's part of my continued connection to the place now that I've seen it. And I, I have talked before about he has his great grandmother and the way they talk about her and tell stories about her, even when she was here in Brooklyn, I feel this connection to her. There is something that you take on even with your spouse's family. I mean, especially then you have children, right? You now you're, now you've, now you've created a being that mm -hmm. has these shared ancestors. Yeah, mm -hmm. this combination. And I guess, you know, as his mother, it's hard not to feel that, that as well. So now you just actually helped me. Now you've just deepened my connection to Sicily even more so. <laughs> make, <laughs> sure, gotta... make sure that you leave a good amount of time for your trip in Sicily, because it's really hard to imagine how large the island is, mm. not only geographically in terms of space, but just how many different subcultures there are, how many right. different, how much the, the culture, the food, the architecture, the history changes from area to area. And this is the part of the show where I remind you that drinking clean, organic, pure wine is really, really important. Dry Farm Wines continues to be a partner of Bella Figura, the tradition of living beautifully because the company aligns with the values of this platform. Dry Farm Wines sources wines from family-owned small vineyards throughout the world. 
You guys, this wine is a little bit of an investment, but it's worth it. Everyone who has signed up to receive shipments from Dry Farm using my code, my link, excuse me, dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura to receive a bottle for just a penny in your first order. Everyone who has signed up has stayed on to continue receiving wines from Dry Farm because if you take the leap and elevate your wine drinking experience, I promise you, you will never be able to go back. I am at the point where unless I go to a restaurant that has a really conscious wine list, meaning they're sourcing the types of wines that Dry Farm is sourcing, I can't even drink wine. It's like flying first class. Once you do it, it gets hard to fly coach. But you are going to want these wines on your dinner table. Use the link dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura. They're better for you. They're better for your family. They're better for the environment. These are wines that have no added toxins, no added sugars, no chemicals, no dyes, none of the something like 27 toxins and chemicals that winemakers are allowed to add to their wines in this country and do not have to disclose on their label. When you're buying those cheaper bottles of wine, you are buying a whole lot more than grapes, I assure you. When you're buying dry farm wines, you can be sure you are getting the purest, cleanest grapes, the most elegant and clean wine you can get your hands on. Again, use my link dryfarmwines.com forward slash Bella Figura and you'll receive a bottle for just a penny in your first order. Also, a quick reminder that we have a shop where you can find beautiful jewelry, vintage items, and prints of my photography to put up in your home or office or gift to someone. The shop, you can find me over at um, on Etsy at bellafigurastore.etsy.com. But you can also just check it out through Instagram. Go over to my profile at Dolores underscore Alfieri underscore Taranto and just click on view shop and you can see all of the items that I have there. Again, just more stuff to align with the vision of this show and the vision of a lot of the work that I'm putting out there. Right. Uh, so I always say that to those who are coming, um, don't come for four days. You know, try to come mm. to Sicily or unless you plan you know, two separate trips, but uh, to, to at least um, maybe fly into one airport in Palermo and leave from Catania or vice versa. Right. But to, to give yourself an amount of time to explore the, the nuances of the island, which are so many. I, I could absolutely right see in, that. In the center, right in the heart of the island. Mm. So. Uh, a place to start from. So I did want to talk a little bit about the, you know, your, your experiences in New York, we don't have to dwell on them, but I did find when I was doing research for this, I did find it interesting that you had, I don't know if you opened them or you were the chef there or you ran them, but you did have several restaurants in New York city. Mm, I had three restaurants. You had three. And did you start all these restaurants or were you absolutely you did? Okay. I started them all myself. My, as I mentioned earlier, my uh, 
father was in the finance. He was a tax lawyer, so he had the Wall Street office, and and he he really would have loved me to continue that. It was a, a daily conversation in our mm. family. Mm. Um, but uh, so he was definitely my family was definitely not in the restaurant business whatsoever. Um, but uh, after I after I did my uh, undergraduate degree. Uh, there was a uh, a small restaurant for sale uh, on Bleecker Street. It was um, basically one month after September 11th, so everything was for sale. Sure. And that's how I was able to just to start something, because it was like having a little I mentioned earlier, like a little laboratory, a place to experiment with uh, with food and and uh, food and culture. Uh, but the the second restaurant, Aolo, was uh, was what was really based on Sicily because it was just everything revolved around Sicily there from the from the food to the the I would do uh, special events where they were revolving around Sicilian holidays uh, and it was important to me to create a space that was representative of the island uh, on a, on a, a level that took it beyond what the Italian American what not the Italian American but what those thought of the Italian American version of Sicily uh, you know, what do you, what do you think of, what did you think of maybe 20 years ago when you thought of Sicilian cuisine? Uh, people thought of beautiful films, but like the Godfather film and the meatballs with the, with the spaghetti and the big pot of sauce. And it really everyone that came to the restaurant at the beginning would say to me, but what kind of restaurant is, um, what, what kind of food is Sicilian cuisine? Is it all uh, red sauce and it's all, it's all about tomato sauce base? And I would say, well, no, you know, I have a sea urchin with pasta and I have fermented tuna roll and I have a roasted goat and so forth and so forth. And things that people absolutely didn't, didn't expect to find. Um, but Sounds that was delicious. representative of, of Sicily. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, and a- there's so much more. There's so much more as your cookbook perfectly points to. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much more and, um, uh, living here has even brought that even closer to me and more, with more traditions, more ritual uh, dish, d- dishes. And, and, uh, it's something that's become, uh, uh, my grandmother had her rituals and then I learned so much from my travels around the island but living here has made it even deeper and uh, more uh, part of part of who I am so I'd love to talk a little bit about that that phase of your life where you're running restaurants you have degrees from highly regarded insti- uh, educational institutions in New York City and you are feeling as though you're living out of alignment with your values and with your true self, which is a feeling I know, I know well, as I was, you know, mentioned earlier that those four years, these Mm -hmm. past four years, you know, you're grateful, you have a good job and, and that's wonderful. And, but also I had many times where I just, I just knew I was not living who I am. And there's a lot mm. of suffering in that place when exactly. you're you're not living al- aligned with what you value. What your value exactly? You, you you suffer. So, talk to me a little bit about that time where you're living that life, and then you realize this is too fast for me, and well, I need to make a change. Uh, I think just to take one step back, what was it about Sicily that drew me into the island so much so as a child, and 
really the answer to that is the the nature because my and the being on the farm because my 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 family were uh all have uh farms in the, in the around the town where my grandmother's from so i would spend a lot of time throughout the summers uh on these farms and I, I would collect stones and and dig in the land i mean everything to me was as a young child was so much about touching the earth mm and and about being a part of it and really just being one with the land so to me Sicily was also equated with that and and also about the personal relationships that I had with my friends and my family in Sicily I felt like I could be myself and be just have uh, natural relationships and uh, sit in the piazza with my friends and and have uh, and have fun doing nothing just chatting and uh, and taking a stroll back and forth in the piazza so all of this always stayed with me and I felt that it was a it was something that was missing living in New York City for example as much as there is nature and as much as there's uh, an, an abundance of parks and Central Park and there's there's access to nature but living in a city in general, it's not something that resonated with me personally. For example, I call it the skyscraper theory. The, the, the taller the building goes, the more cement that divides you mm. between the reality of what the land is, is the truth, the land is reality, and, and, our, and our soul. So I felt that there was this division, but I didn't know how to explain that. I just suffered from it. I suffered from the lack of, of connection to, to nature. And I had my sporadic, uh, besides Sicily, my sporadic connection to nature, whether it was going upstate New York or whether it was uh, my family home in, in New Jersey, nice gardens around the, the, the home, but it still wasn't that level of raw nature that really, that, that satisfied me on a, 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 my, my soul. So uh, I feel that the suffering really comes from not having that connection to nature. To me, okay. nature is, is um, and that's what brings me also to Montoni, not just to Sicily. It's, it's that connection with who we are. And it's the really just being able to see mirror, your, see yourself and have a mirror of who we are through the lessons that are learned in nature events that to me don't happen when I take a visit to a park not that they can't right I I personally Mm -hmm. no I I I don't want to be mistaken here because everyone has their own type of relationship and someone could take a run in Central Park in the morning and feel like they've connected with nature on my for me I'm I need to be immersed in it for not just a few hours not just a day I need to be completely immersed and now I have that. And now it's why I'm uh, that, that feeling of suffering. And I think, I feel like the land also is, it's like a big mother. The land is, is a, a, when my father died five years ago, and it was a terrible moment for me. It was a, a very unexpected and, and uh, happened overnight. And when, when it happened, it was the land and my family, of course, the land that, that took the it's like it absorbed my sadness and took it away from me it's mm-hmm. like you can just do anything and tell who you are to the land and 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 uh and be yourself totally mm-hmm. and fabio has the same experience so we're the two people wow. that uh, that very much uh love so much uh montoni love love land the land in general but but have created a 
Fabio since he's born and me <laughs> over these last years. Now we make experiment just to enjoy mm. because we received a lot of people from all over the world for the business, for the wine. Sure. And we received sometimes very rich people uh, very well constructed, well, well dressed, well together, together, with the limousine, so on. And then we um, start the so-called uh, rito della destrutturazione. It's a ritual we created. We call it the ritual of de destructuring the guest. And uh, <laughs> the first step is to go under the trees. Of a jealousy. Okay, so when the guests come in the summer, and we have the, uh, uh, several uh, mulberry trees, we take them for they a are, walk. They are dressed, dressed in white, white, all white shorts, and perfectly clean shoes. And then the first step is the jealousy the trees. Jealousy, the jealousy trees. You know that jealousy, if you touch it, is an explosion of red color, and the, then they have the red on the on the jackets of the white jackets. <laughs> Oh my God, oh my God, what happened? What happened? Then the second one, then the third, and then they start to smile. Then the wife, oh, he's uh, with them, start to uh, enjoy too. And then the hand is that they sit here on a jealousy. And then at the end, they, they start pulling their mulberries down themselves this and let themselves get to the first degree. <laughs> that, that's <Yeah>. step one. <laughs> so, and that's wonderful. The, that they can, uh, they can survive. Yeah, yeah. If they pass yeah. this test, yeah, they can stay. There is really a, there is a lot to pull off. I mean, I remember this isn't exactly the same, but I very well, when I go to Italy, there's always this beginning couple days where it's very hard to get, like, to let go of the New York and to let go of the America. And then yeah. Always, it's like three, four days in, then I'm all oh, right. I remember, and I'm drinking wine at lunch, laying down <laughs> for my nap afterwards, like getting up. And I, I do get into the rhythm, but you, it's almost like you're holding on to these reins and you have to like let them go. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to let go because you feel like this is your control, this is your life. It might even be in some ways your identity you know, and to kind of let go and just say, like, it's, it's okay. Like, it's okay to lay by a tree for a little while. It's okay to walk in the sun. It's okay to breathe. It's okay to have some wine with lunch and take a little nap. Like, it's okay. Like the world will keep turning and you'll still get your work done. You know, you'll still do what you need to do. It, it's hard to make that transition. Well, it's also the concept of work that's very interesting. Mm. In New York, work was something I thought of as work in the sense that using that word as a definition. But um, I, I think and this is not to say that we're not busy with lots to do. We, we export to 27 countries and we have a, a, a lot uh, in terms of uh, a lot on our shoulders. But both of us don't look at it as work. We sincerely look at it as living. There was a Japanese philosopher who was a farmer, Fukuoka, and he he said that it's work is only something that humans look define because 
all other species do whatever they do, but they're living. Mm. They're living. It's not that they, they, they say that they're working or that there's a concept of working. It's just that because we have a category for work, we, and of course, not to say that we all don't need to work and have a job so that we can support ourselves, but it's the, and support our families. But it's the idea of looking at it as work as opposed to not looking at it as work that has also been such a major life shifting factor for me. The theme for this season, season three, is slow down, which is why I thought you'd be a, a great guest. And I interviewed somebody a few weeks ago, and he said, no, I think I said it. I interviewed, <laughs> start that again. I interviewed somebody a few weeks ago. And we started talking about the idea that slow down is, it's not just a pace. It's not exactly right. It's not, we have this idea here where slow down is okay. Stop running. And it is that, but it's, it's just as much a mentality and a spirit as it is a pace. And he said, you know, he had moved from New York city to upstate New York. And he said, you know, I moved up here to the country to slow down and I've never been busier in my life, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but his pace, right? Like his mindset, his approach and the way the rest of his life is kind of flows into that. He just, he slowed down, but he still gets his work done. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, just, it's, it's not about slow, meaning slow paced and, and not getting things done or being lazy or just, uh, or, or just doing nothing. I look at slow life on two different levels. One is uh, how we eat, how we grow our food, uh, our impact on the planet, our impact on our environment, our local environment and the planet. And, and that's one aspect of slow living. And I, I try, I do what I think all we can to uh, on many, many levels to it, to adopt, to adopt practices that are part of slow life in that sense. But what's really important about slow living is the philosophy that's behind what that means. And it's not just about slowing down because nature is extremely fast paced. And when I said earlier that living in New York, I felt like I was on a treadmill that I didn't know where I was running to. But now the treadmill is the nature. Every day there's something new. And it's having an uh, interacting with the plants, with the vineyard, with the wheat fields, with the tomatoes, with uh, so That's Saturday, the almond, uh, you remember, in, um, in flower. They were all in bloom, yeah. It was, uh, it was saying to us, okay, now you, you must to start to work because now exactly. started the springtime and we work very, very, a lot. My father usually said, corri piano. Exactly. Exactly. Father, uh, Fabio's father used to say, run slowly, corri, correre, piano. And it's, it's so true because you, perfect. you do have to have to run. It's the, the approach. It's, it's just say Dolores. It's mm -hmm. the approach. You run, ma piano. Yeah. Right, right. Melissa, yeah. when she arrived here at the beginning, she has a book full of list, 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 <laughs> list, list. We call Melissa Melista. <laughs> Melista. Yeah. Everything because it was there was something from New York, of course. Of course. Then yeah. we said close. Enough. And we make the same the same thing, but without lista. Eight, nine, 9.5, 9.10. Flew with the river. Right. Flew 
with the, with the Sicilian style of life that is not only slow in terms of time, in terms of speed. It's, a, it's a interesting to the difference easily that you can have, because if we talk of Palermo, is a, 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 a speedy, a typical, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a speedy of Palermo. Yeah, it's a city, yeah. Mm -hmm. Alicudi has another speedy. Right. <laughs> Very slow. <laughs> different, different, different pace. Yeah, time almost stands still there. Is an, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the internal city, see, in area where we are, in Montoni, it's uh, in another Sicily, it's the wildest Sicily. Mm. Is the oldest Sicily? Mm. Is the Sicily not for a trip, but not for not for tourists, but for travelers, explorers, those who want to go deep into the island and the island's past. Mm. Mm. Gosh, because it, there's so little. Uh, it's, it's it's so uncontaminated by globalization. Uh, if you touch like the metaverse. clock of the Sikkim, yeah. You are touching three thousand of you over, mm, over no, here, more. so you should you should uh, you should say okay, it's slow, but what what happened in the last times? Or if you walk and you easily calpesti, come say, the pesci, the fossili. Yeah, if we, if you dig a little bit, we find the um, fossils, the ammonite fossils. Yeah. So the from because it used to, used to be a sea basin, all of Sicily mm. was underwater. And everything say to you, but why you run? Mm. Run, run slowly. <laughs> beautiful I mean beautifully said and those reminders in some way you know just the all the time that is beneath your feet you know it's just you're yeah where are we running to it's just you're just part of this cycle it's all it's all right there beneath you a reminder is that some of it you're holding up say, yeah we always have with us a, a stone from the highest point of Montoni mm. which is a conglomerate stone of Lots of pebbles, some shells, and uh, very mineral rich. 60,000. 60,000. <laughs> uh, sorry, 60 million. Million, million, million. million of years. So Ama it's, a, it's amazing. I, you know, I love, I love so much just listening to the two of you talk. Do you find that the visitors, are there some people that it, the area is just not for, or just is it kind of almost everybody who comes? No, falls for it. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's um, there's definitely people that it's not for, it's but those people much. aren't attracted to 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 visit. I see. Usually, uh, we um, we have a lot of requests for tourism, but uh, we only um, accept, let's say, in the sense maybe that's not the right word, but we only um. Uh, can invite those that we feel are will resonate with the mm, land because mm. it's not a spot for for tourism mm. it's not and 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 really it's uh, the tourists won't enjoy themselves right. in the in the uncontaminated center of the island right. i mean there's there it's 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 known as where the lord lost his sandals and it's really <laughs> it's the mm. there's nothing around it, it, there's uh, nothing around in a, in a good sense uh, in a good sense right. So uh, it, it, please continue. Sorry, no, no, please continue. no, no, no. no you, nothing around. We are talking about in the, uh, the, 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 the in the summertime is the yellow. Is I said always is like a ring of gold with the with the 
green smeralds of the vineyard. Exactly. So mm. nothing in the in nothing the, in the good sense. Right. It's all yeah. it's wheat fields, uh, wheat and legume fields, and we are the one little green spot uh, in the mm. midst of all these. Mm. In, in fact, many many uh, have called Montoni uh, an island within the island. Because mm. when you you come towards Montoni from you're just driving towards it, all of a sudden you see in the summer, especially when everything is that golden color, all the the wheat's been harvested and the fields are all that that shiny gold color. There's this green oasis right in the middle of it. You can uh, bit understand Montoni's style of life in the the famous film L'Uomo sotto le stelle okay. of Tornatore. Tornatore. That is moved in Montoni. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and in summertime you can see the, the the hard rock with the hard sun shining, and um, with with the sound of the wind mm -mm. from Africa, the Shiroko wind. Everything is wild, gentle, gentleman. Gentle. Mm -hmm. yeah, in a gentle way. You must to translate the, yeah. the wildness. In the gent gentleness right. of the yeah. of the nature. Yeah, I think you describe it well. You know, Melissa, we we talked. Well, actually, Fabio, you mentioned it earlier that there are, there are, I'm assuming still, but maybe not people in Sicily who look at Melissa and think that she's crazy. Yeah. Because she left New York and America and all of these luxuries, and maybe even they look at it as you know money and. I think wrapped up in that whole perspective is also this idea that slowing down equates to backwards, mm -hmm. right? So mm, yeah, like you're, you're going, you know, okay, I'll give you, I mean, I know you know what I'm saying, but for the listeners, I'll give you an example. For a little while, I lived down South here in America in Arkansas, which honestly, since we're on the subject, in hindsight, I was, I think my attempt to live more at a pace that worked for me because it was difficult for me and it, it didn't click with me. Oh, this, you have to go to the city. You have to get a job in the city. You have to hustle. You have to want to work in an office. I, I, I didn't want that. So that was mm -hmm. my way. But whenever I would come home to visit, everybody just said, you're going backwards. You're going backwards. People leave there to come here, meaning they leave, you know, Arkansas right, to right, come right. to New York. You're going backwards. And I guess I hit a point too in this constant cycle of my life story where I, you know, it's kind of like, well, they're right. And then I left and I came back to New York and, you know, the story goes on and on, but I was just wondering if you could, you know, talk a little bit about that for the, for the listeners. Well, I, I feel that there's so many social norms that are created that we need to somehow feel we have to follow. So this idea of something being backwards because it's going, uh, it's not moving towards the city, it's going, or the big city, it's going, it's going to a smaller area means backwards. I've always been a little bit in a sweet way, but rebellious in a sense that I don't, I don't like following what everyone has to say or what everyone else has it feels on this I, I, I feel that way with fashion with what it, with what you're supposed to do what you're not supposed to do because it's what we're told that the society says that that's what's normal 
uh, and that's where the the, the be, living off the land allows uh, allows me to feel that I don't have to follow those social norms because I could turn off my phone and I could turn off my uh, or don't have connection in most spots to the phone to even be connected. Mm -hmm. But it's to not have to be so connected to what uh, in general everyone says, um, and that could, that concept that idea of of being backwards because I left New York City and went to and moved to rural Sicily or you left New York and went mm -hmm. to, to Arkansas, that it's a, it, it, they're concepts that are um, sort of created and not fair because mm. everyone has their own destiny and mm. everyone has their own, uh, their, their own decisions, what makes them feel comfortable. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're getting it even now because my husband and I bought a house in upstate New York and we've spent the past year renovating it and then we've spent a little more time debating, should we live in it? Should we not live in it? I mean, it's beautiful. It's up on a mountain. It's, it's remote, but not too remote. And we still get that from our families, you know, and from people we know it's just, it's, oh, it's two hours away. And what kind of life is the baby going to have? What are the schools like? you're going backwards, <laughs> you know, it's just, but does that make you happy to have that home? And to, and to, does, do you feel fulfilled to have that home? Right. Then and it's that not backwards, then it's forward, then it's, then forwards. it's forward. That's such a great way to put it. I mean, unfortunately, uh, sadly, it's taken me to getting, you know, to this point in my life, it's kind of getting this old <laughs> to be able to really say, well, you know, this is, this is what I have. You asked what we want, right? Like what, what do we want out of life and how do we want to raise our child and any other that God might bring us? You, I think people often, especially families, and I'm, I, you know, I have a big family, an extended family, and I think people assume that you want their lives. Right, right, right. Yeah. Especially sure. if you're people like, like you and I, I where, successful. you know, you, yeah, you see things differently. You feel things differently. You, you, maybe you're creative you want to be with the land, you know, for people like you and I, who grew up in the area we grew up in going to a farm is going backward. And before we keep going with that thought, listeners, Melissa and I are going to keep this conversation going. If you want to hear the rest of it, please join us over on Substack. Again, I've linked to my publication in the show notes, but it's DoloresToronto.substack. Dot com, and we're going to continue talking here about Sicily, ancestry, following your heart, following your passions, and living the way you want to. Thank you so much for joining Melissa and I in this wonderful episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Don't forget to share the show with your friends if you're really enjoying what you're hearing and share it on social. Help me get the word out to people. You can DM me over on Instagram. You can also email me at Dolores at BellaFigurapodcast.com. Here's to knowing your roots and cultivating a beautiful life from their power.